All right. Well, let's, let's get into the preaching of the Word today. We are in a season of celebrating family discipleship. This series is called Master Builders, right? And Paul talked about being a wise master builder, which means a skillful master builder. And so as we raise up the next generation, as we pour into our children or maybe our grandchildren, we want to be skillful master builders. We want to be building up their faith. And we know the only way we can be skillful master builders is with lots and lots of grace. Lots and lots of grace because we don't know what we're doing. But by the grace of God, we can be skillful in that calling. Amen? The Bible says that we lay a foundation of Christ Jesus in their lives and then that we would be careful with what materials we're using to build them up. We don't want to use ordinary materials because we're not trying to raise up an ordinary generation. We want to use divine materials because we're raising up a divine generation with a divine purpose. Amen? Amen. So, this Friday night, we launched our family cruise nights. This was a vision that God put on Sarah's hearts to, to not just do like a VBS where parents drop their kids off, but where the families come and the parents do discipleship together. And so this was Friday night. You like our cruise ship backdrop? And also trying to get however many kids that is, like 12 or 14 kids to all look at the camera at the same time, clearly not possible. Thank you, Jesus. But I love this shot of Hannah trying to catch one of the runaways before he could get out of the picture. <laughs> but we had, we had seven families here, moms and dads and kids, and, uh, and, and an amazing uh, time. We studied the Bible. We danced and sang and worshiped the Lord. We did crafts, and we had fellowship and shared together, and it was awesome. And so uh, the next one will be towards the end of October, but we're moving forward with this family discipleship. So for part two of the series, you're not going to hear from me, but we're going to continue with our preaching development journey. And the next person who has not yet had a chance to have the pulpit is Lannis Pilano. And so Lannis is going to come up, and she's going to teach us from the Word of God and encourage us on how we can know and love God together as a family. Come on up here, Lannis. Amen. Good morning, everybody. If you don't know me, my name is Lannis Polano, and I have to tell you I'm really nervous this morning. I don't know why. Usually I'm not, but for some reason today I'm nervous, so stretch your hand out. As I pray, Lord, I just want to speak your words. I just want me to be an encouragement to parents, Lord. I want to be an encouragement to all the parents that are raising their children to be godly. And I just, that, I just pray, Lord, that I speak your truth in all of this. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much. You want our children to become um, like you and to love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I stated, we are continuing the series on Master Builders, and I'm going to be sharing on knowing how, knowing and loving God. As Master Builders, Pastor said, um, of our family, we want to use everyday moments. It's really important to remember that we have to look for moments, and those are the best ways to teach the generation 
on how to know and learn God. We don't want them sitting in a room and saying, this is how you learn about God. We want it to be in natural situations at different times and different places and then moments just happen. Could be in a grocery store, could be in a park, could be in your car. It could be doing something with your neighbor. So it's like looking for everyday moments to teach your child. I want to read uh, Matthew 22, 35 to 40. Then one of them said, then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. One of these two commandments hang on all the law and the prophets. Now we know this. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments in 1 John 2, 3. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. And by this we know that we are in him. So it means that when we love God with all our heart, our mind, and our soul, we love him with our whole being. And this is the greatest and first commandment of all. And not only are we supposed to love him with all our heart, our mind, and our soul, and our whole being, but we're supposed to love others in the same way. And I know for all of us, it's very difficult. I have difficulty loving others, and I have to keep remembering that God loves me, and I need to love others as he loves me. So the question is, how do we love God with our whole being? What actions do we have that show God that we're loving him with our whole being? One of them is spending time with him. If we love him, we'll spend time with him. Not only on Sunday, but throughout the week and throughout the day. Another action is that we think about God all the time in whatever we're doing, and it could be anywhere and any place. He's with us throughout the day. Another thing we do to show that we love God is we try to please him in everything that we do. And that kind of keeps us on track many times because I, re I always have to tell myself when I run into trouble, what would Jesus do? And I'm going, oh, I know what he would do. Okay, Lord, sorry. <laughs> I need to readjust and change my thinking. Another way that we show we love him is that we show him affection. Just as we worship today, just as we sing songs to him, we adore him, and we honor him, and we tell him how much we love him, and thank him for loving us so very much. Another way of loving God is wanting to know all there is about him. And so what we do is we try to find books, we read the Bible, we talk to people, we listen to podcasts. We want to know everything we can about him. Another way we love him is that loving God is a 
two-way communication. He speaks to us, we listen to his voice. So it's not only us talking to him and saying, Lord, I want this, I'm in trouble here, here, there, and I need this and I need that. But it's like being still and saying, Lord, what do I need to do? Help me in this situation and being still before him. And of course, we know that he says in the um, Bible, love others, <laughs> that this is a very, very important commandment. So we need to show others how God loves them, and we need to love them as God loves them. Another way that we show that we love God is we're so excited about him, we need to share him with people, and people that we know, people that we don't know. And there are many opportunities and situations that arise, even though we're not missionaries. We are missionaries where we are, right? In our own home and towns and workplaces. And in, um, like I play pickleball and people know that if they need prayer, go to Lannis. She'll pray for you. <laughs> so it's, um, yes, you know, it's like sharing the love of God wherever you are. So how do these actions that I just talked about show how we love God in our daily life? If that's the way we should love God, so how do we love God in our daily life? Well, first of all, we know that the Bible is the most important book. So it's reading the Bible. That's how we get to know God. That's how we get to know his word. He tells us how to live our lives. He tells us about his love, how we are to love others what his thoughts are for us, what his promises are for us, his commands, and also how we are to love others. Another way we love God in our daily life is through praying. Praying is so important. It's not only asking God for what you want, but it's telling him everything about what's going on in your life. You can pray in your car. You can pray as you walk doing your walk. You can pray at work silently. You can pray anywhere you want to. God is always there. But praying is a communication. So it's not only speaking, but it's also listening, waiting to hear what he tells you, listening to his word for you. Another thing that we do in our daily life, which I just learned through emotionally healthy spirituality, is um, daily office. That means it's so important to spend time with God alone and being quiet. When we are quiet and focused on God, we open up our hearts to listen to him. So it's been something I've really tried hard to practice two times a day. The first thing I get up in the morning, it's like, okay, it's on my desk. You know what you need to do. And it's like, it sets my day for me by being quiet and with him and saying, Lord, help me through my day. Speak to me. I need to hear your voice. So it's been a practice that I want to continue. And right now it's um, following the book. And I was telling Shannon that I bought another book that is also part of the series because I was um, so wanting to know more. And um, Peter Scarzero's wife has also written a book, which I also bought. But I do use the daily office every single day. And even if you use it once, you go back and it reveals new things to you. So there's, um, you can do it over and over. And I look for chapters that are relative to me. And um, it helps me in my walk. 
Another thing we need to do daily is to worship God. We are to love him with our whole being. So when we worship him, just as we did today, we honor him. We tell him how much we adore him. We are so thankful for who he is, thankful that he loves us, thankful for working in our lives, and we praise him. And it's a way that we submit to him when we worship him. And another important thing that we do daily is belonging to a church family. The church is our spiritual family. You know, we come to be fed, to hear the word. We come to encourage others as well as to be encouraged. The world is crazy out there. And so we need to be with people who think like us, who love God like we do. Because when you hear all the things that are happening, it's like, oh, I can't stand it. I can't believe this is going on. But when you have others around you, you can talk about God. What is God saying about all this? You know, And we can love each other that way. So we need to be in a spiritual family. And also, we need to be accountable. So our spiritual family, we ask people in our groups, help me. I have a problem in this area. Please keep me accountable. Tell me how I can be better at something. Okay. Another way that we do daily is, again, like I said, learning to love others. And it means that we consciously have to work at loving others. Because there are so many crazy people out there. And so <laughs> sometimes we think, oh, how could I love that person? You know, But God loves them. And so he wants us to love them. Not in any confrontational way, but in a gentle way and without causing any rift. And so, um, you know, even people in my family, I, I have trouble. And so it's like, okay, Lord, you got to help me through this. You know, I, I need your help in loving this member of my family. And uh, because Jesus wants us to love others like he loves us. In Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9, um, the Bible talks about that parents, if you have children, you have a responsibility to impart loving God to your children. And that is a really difficult task. It's not easy. And when we talk about parents, we're including grandma, grandpa, aunties, uncles, and anybody that's related to the family that has a Christian background. We're always modeling and wanting their children to grow up to love God. I really applaud parents today because when I think back to how I grew up and how my parents taught us, we live in a crazy world. We, ha we are in a spiritual battle right now. The world is changing where there's so many so many radical ideas and things that happen that people are looking as normal. And it's against our biblical teachings. And it's just vying for all of our time and attention as well as our children's time and attention. So we really, really need to be careful. And we really need to teach our children about loving God. So if we need to teach our children about loving God, how do we do it? How do we impact loving God to our children? The first thing is that we pray. Pray that God will give you grace. Pray that God will give you patience. Pray that God will give you guidance as you raise your children to be godly. 
The second thing is that you pray for your children. Your children are like being on a mission field. You pray for them, that their hearts will be open, that the enemy will not attack them with all these ideas and things that are happening in the world today. And so after you pray, then you know that learning to love God begins right in your home. Your home is your primary uh, residence. That's where you and your children spend most of your time. It's where you and your children feel safe and um, comfortable. So we teach our, our children first to love God in our home. And of course, teaching children to love God requires time and a commitment to do it. So I really do applaud all of you parents. Our spiritual family, which is our church, partners with us as parents in teaching our children to love God. So it's so important to make attending church a commitment. So when we think about incorporating, gosh, reading the Bible, praying, worshiping, spending time with God, attending church, loving others, kind of seems overwhelming, doesn't it? And it's like, huh, how can I do all that with my kids? But we need to remember, it's not meant to be done all at one time. You need to look for teachable moments. You need to start somewhere. And remember last week, we talked about that there is no limitation to how loving God relates to our life or how it can be taught in our lives. So look for those teachable moments in different activities that your child may be involved in different times during the day, and in different locations and places where you and your child are at. It doesn't have to be home sitting around a table for 20 minutes, okay? Just look for those teachable moments which are enjoyable and natural settings for your child. Of course, there are times when you wanna gather around the table and you wanna read scripture and you wanna have a discussion, but there are many teachable moments right out in our community. The other thing we need to do is we need to model how we love God. Have you ever heard the phrase, monkey see, monkey do? Yeah. Okay. If you have, well, it applies to children. Children see, children do. So children are great observers. They learn by observing how you think, what you say, and what you do. And so your attitude and your ac actions really make an impression on how your child will think, what your child will end up saying, and what your child will end up doing. Have you ever heard someone say, you sound just like your mom? Or, hey, that's what your dad does all the time. It's because your children are doing what you do. So it's very important to be godly models. If you want your children to be lovable, you have to show them love and show other people love. If you want them to be kind or to have patience, then you have to model that. You can't just tell them. You have to be a model. As you model how you love God in your daily life, your children will start to think that way. They'll start to say things, and they'll start to do things in godly ways. So remember, just be patient. It takes time, but be a good role model. 
Let them see you as you, as you live your life daily. Let them observe how you solve problems, how you deal with everyday situations. And we all make mistakes and we will make mistakes. So when you do, admit it, talk about it, correct it, and then move on. Remember that Jesus is our ultimate model. We look at him first and foremost. In the Bible, we just talked about he was the ultimate model of giving his life for someone. He gave his life for all of us, and we need to remember that. In the Bible, there are so many instances where he spoke truth when it was unpopular. He loved the people who were unlovable. He told leaders how to lead. He served others. He modeled for us how to pray to God, and he went to his father. So it is very important that we use the Bible to look at how Jesus modeled living a godly life. One of the things that you want to do is um, learning to love God should be fun, and it should be simple. Keep it simple, and, but keep it fun. You don't want to drag it out. You don't want it to be boring. You can tell when your kids it's not right, so move on to the next thing. And what you, should, what you do should be age appropriate. You don't tell your three-year-old, I want you to memorize John 3.16 and have it done by next week. <laughs> you know, it's like you use little steps, you know, like God loves you is how you can start. And then you start adding on. And there's wonderful uh, Christian children's Bibles around. And I used to use that with my daughter. And instead of using the regular Bible, and you can start in that way. Um, and remember what we said, look for creative ways to help your child love God. So in looking for creative ways, you can use wonderful Bible stories as you teach Bible lessons. There's lots of games that you can play. One of them is called Bible Bingo. You know how your kids love games, bingo, looking for prizes, and say, I got it, I'm the winner. And um, activities, like when I was young, we used to do this thing called sword drill. You ever did that? <laughs> we were have so much fun being the first to say, I found it, because the Bible is our sword. So we would say, okay, draw your sword, get ready, go. And then my mom would give us the Bible verse, and we'd go, we'd look for it. And it also is a great way to learn the books of the Bible, to learn the Old Testament and the New Testament. And we'd get points. And if we got so many points, we get a prize. So <laughs> it was a really fun thing to do. The other thing is acting out Bible stories with your kids. They love to move around. They love to act. And they love to do things. You know, you can have Christian movie night where you're watching a Christian movie and then you have a discussion about what's going on as you all watch together. Um, one of the things I read about was called that Billy Graham's daughter does it with her family. It's called Peaks and Pits, where when they're sitting around, it could be in the car, it could be around the table, it could be in the family room, where you and your group of people, you talk about one good thing that happened to you during the day and one pit, one terrible thing that you're not happy about or you were sad about, and you share that. And everyone around the table has to share a pit and a um, peak so that we get to see you know each other as as going through things 
having the highs and having the lows. And the only thing is that you cannot have a pit against people that are sitting in the group. <laughs> you can have, um, you show your children the love of God by doing family projects together that show that you love others around you. If you have an elderly neighbor that needs her trash can moved to the road, show your child, take your child with you as you move the trash can with them. You know, have them sort their clothes and their toys and together take it to the Salvation Army to show how you care for others. Bake something good, take it to the fire station. Thank you, firefighters, for all you're doing at this time. You know, there's so many projects that you can do. And if uh, you see someone, um, I've done this a few times where I was in the hospital once getting ready for an x-ray and this lady came and she sat across me and I could tell she was totally distressed. So I asked her, are you all right? And she goes, no, I'm not all right. And she said, I have to do this x-ray. I'm hoping nothing's wrong with me. And she was totally, so I said to her, can I pray for you? And she goes, uh, yeah, you know, okay. And after I prayed for her, you know, she said, thank you so much. I feel so much better now. I just don't feel so stressed out. So, you know, you can teach loving God anywhere, anytime, okay? Um, there are wonderful Christian resources everywhere. One of the resources I use as I was raising my daughter was called Focus on the Family. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's a Christian organization based in Colorado Springs, Colorado. They have magazines that they can send you every month to your child being age appropriate. They've got videos, they've got books on parenting. They're very big on um, saving babies. And so they actually give um, young mothers, um, what do you call that, um, where they look at the baby, sonograms. And they talk to them about, look at this precious gift that God is giving you. And many of those young women who were going in for abortions in other places have decided to have their children because they see their children in film as moving and living and breathing. So it's a wonderful organization, but they do have wonderful resources for parents. So if you're looking for a Christian resource, you can go there. The other thing is, um, Sarah bought this book for the church, and it's called Family Discipleship. It's a great book. And so if you're, um, you know, thinking of ideas and ways or what you need to do, I would suggest you borrow it from the church library, okay? And the last thing is that when you're teaching your child to love God, you really need to be real. Not do as I say, but do as I do. We're all growing in grace. We're all on a path to wanting to be the best we can. We are all a work in progress. And so we all make mistakes. And your children need to see you being honest about the struggles, your strengths, and your weaknesses that you have. So you need to admit when you make a mistake, ask for forgiveness, and go on. And let your children know that you are in the same process as them. You are also continuing your journey into loving God. I want to end by sharing a personal experience, and it has to do with my mom. My mom grew up in a very, very dysfunctional family. She was one of 10 siblings, and half of them were just given away by her mom. 
My mom never knew her dad. She asked her mother countless times, I want to know who my dad is. Her mom said, no, I'm not telling you, because she probably didn't know who the dad was. So my mom never had a dad. She never had good role models growing up. My mom had to take care of her siblings because she was the eldest one. So as uh, the siblings that weren't given away, my mom had to care for them. And she had no role models. She had no parenting skills, and she was just a teenager. But you know, amazingly, God loved her so much, someone shared Christ with her, and she became a Christian in her 30s. She was already married, and she had already had four little children. And believe me, my mother had no parenting skills. So our household, before my mom became a Christian, was very dysfunctional. There was a lot of telling, telling, yelling, yelling, because my mom had no parenting skills. And she was a single parent Christian, meaning that when she became saved, my dad didn't want to have anything to do with it. He told her, yeah, that's your thing, that's fine, but I'm not getting involved. But in all the years that I lived with my mom, I want to share with you what she modeled for me, because as we said, children are observers. She modeled for me consistently going to church. It was a priority for her, and she made it a priority for us as her children. She surrounded herself with Christian friends. She had a group of friends that were not Christian, but she started you know, moving towards being with people that could disciple her and could pray for her and she could go to whenever she had a problem. Um, we didn't have a study. We had, a, our, we had four kids in the house and two parents. So when my mom had to do things, what she had to do was she had to use the dining table. So when we were doing our homework or when we were watching TV and I went into the kitchen, I would see my mom every night with her Bible out at the table reading her Bible by herself, and I would often catch her praying. And I would say that out of the four children, all of us accepted the Lord when we were young. However, not all of them are walking with him right now in a relationship. But I know that that seed was planted. And I know because they call me to pray for them. <laughs> and I know that they believe in God. It's just that they're decide, they're heaven. they don't have a relationship. And you know, it took many years, but my father became a Christian, which was really something wonderful. And so if it hadn't been for my mom modeling and showing the love of God, I might not be standing here today. I might not be a Christian. I might be out in the world somewhere, not even knowing how much God loves me. So I'm telling you as parents, hang in there. Don't give up. Because the seeds you plant in your child's life may not all bloom at once. They may not bloom where you get to see it. But God's word does not go void. And you can depend on that. Okay? I'd like to close in prayer. And I thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for loving us so much, for wanting us as parents to continue to show our kids your great love. I thank you for all the parents that are dedicating their children to you. It is a commitment, and it takes time. But I thank you 
for their willingness, for their wanting their children to be your child, Lord, and to love you with all their hearts and their minds and their souls. I ask for grace, Lord Jesus, as they teach their children. I ask that you open up opportunities, Lord. I ask that you surround them with your love, Lord. I ask that you just be with them in everything that they do. Refresh them in every way, Lord. I pray for the children who are being taught by their parents and their spiritual family, Lord Jesus, that they will have an open heart, Lord, and that they will be willing to hear, hear the word and that it will be joyful for them. And we cannot do this alone, Lord. We depend on you, we need you, and others around you. So we're asking for your help in this area. But thank you for parents that want to pass on this legacy of loving God. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 That was amazing.